Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're listening to 96.3 KOIT Coyote Radio here in Anza, California, our local radio station. And you just tuned into your source for local fishing reports. I'm Dave Dolan, and I'm here with the Castaway Show got a new show here for you. We'll talk a little about the fishing reports, what's going on out there, and just to let you know that things are changing kind of fast out there. Got a new uh, topic here to talk with you tonight, some fishing tips, some boating tips, and I even have a recipe to throw in there for you. So I'd like to hear from you if you got any feedback on the show, what you think about it, anything you'd like me to cover, or if you've got a little input and would like to come in here and talk a little fishing with me, that'd be great. Contact us at programming at 963koyt.org. Let me know what you think, and uh, we'll carry on real soon with the Castaway Show. Okay, I'd like to move into our fishing report right now. Seems like um, almost the whole time I've had this show, the fishing report, the last one kind of sounded like the one before that, and the one before that, and the one before that, because... Things have been, haven't changed too much. It, the whole story has mainly been how the trout fishing has been, where they're stalking trout. That's been the freshwater scene. And on the saltwater scene, it's been mainly talking about the rock cod fishing out there. Well, I will say there is still some good trout fishing going on right now. I'm looking at Lake Hemet. You know, I was just up at Lake Hemet this last weekend, and I was just so pleasantly surprised about how much water is in that lake. You know, over the last couple seasons, looking at Lake Hemet, it's been down so low, their boat launch would have made it really difficult for anything but a small boat to be able to launch there. I know my big boat, I certainly couldn't have done it, and um, it really needed some water. Well, all that rain that we had has really been good for it. Right now, the boat launch, now I've got a 25-foot-long boat, and I can launch there right now, so I'm going to be getting it up there real soon. So... With all that good water in there, it improves the opportunities for fishing. Their last trout stock in Lake Hemet was on March the 17th. Looking down the hill at Lake Skinner, they just had a fish stocking of trout on March the 22nd. Say it's really good around Launch Ramp 2. That's kind of where they put them in there. So they've had some really good trout fishing there. Down the hill the other side at Lake Kauia, they also had a trout stocking on March the 22nd. However, they've got 70-degree water down there right now. Now, 70 degrees is really getting marginal for being able to put trout in it, so I wouldn't look for them to put any more trout down there this season. And any trout in that lake, they're going to probably be down pretty low in some deeper water, just seeking out that cool water. So they did put trout in there, and if you want to give it a last chance for that, I'd try it soon. But then pretty soon, they'll move into the uh, warm water fishing phase. That's one good thing about Lake Hemet being a higher lake up there at the higher elevation. The water stays cool longer, and I look for them to continue stocking trout for a while. And they've put quite a few in there, so there's quite a few holdovers in there, I'm sure. Now, if you really want to go trout fishing, I've got to say the best opportunities are going to be in San Diego County right now. It seems like all the lakes down there that stock trout, they want to go out with a real flurry here at the end. They're really doing some large trout stocks. Looking at uh, Lake Dixon down there by Escondido, 
See, March 22nd, that trial plant truck must have been out there because they also got a stocking a trial plant on March 22nd. They got 1,500 pounds of trout there at Dixon. But if you want to hold off just a little bit, on April the 5th, they are scheduled to plant 4,500 pounds of trout in that lake. Now, that is going to really produce some really good fishing there. So that would definitely be one to check out. Down at Lake Wolford, they stocked in 1,500 pounds of trout on March 27th. They've had a lot of holdover trout in there, and they've got some really good size ones. There was a 12-pound trout and a 10-pound trout landed there just this last week. So that's another really good bright spot there at Lake Wolford, just out of Escondido in northern San Diego County. It's really not that far from us here in Anza. Lake Jennings down in the lakeside area in San Diego County, they're also going for a grand hurrah here at the end. They just planted 1,500 pounds of trout this past week, and on April 6th, they are scheduled to plant 1,700 pounds of trout. So look for things to go out with a big flurry there. Then at Lake Poway, just down the I-15 from us, on April 19th, they're scheduled to plant 2,800 pounds of trout. So look at all these lakes. You know, the trout fishing isn't going to go on for too much longer, but they're going out with a real bang. On the uh, bass fishing, I do have a report from Lake Skinner that there's a lot of uh, striped bass going off there right now. It seems the best bet on that is, is a lot of visual fishing. You just kind of scan the lake, Look around there, and wherever you see the uh, the uh, striped bass hitting the future, uh, the surface, you just about have to chase them. Um, I will say about Lake Skinner, I went down there uh, the week before last to take my own boat. I wanted to get it back out on the water, and Skinner, it's it's really close to us, just down the hill, and what a really nice lake. It's about 650 acres surface acres there. They have been planting it with trout, and it's one of the few lakes in Southern California where you can catch striped bass too. When I was out there on the water, the hillsides were green, flowers were blooming. It was just really a pretty sight. So Skinner's a really good one to keep, keep on the list of places to go to. But to talk about the way the uh, fishing is changing right now, it is really going into a bass fishing mode. Now, I told you on previous shows that I'm not a real big freshwater bass fisherman. That's my own fault because it's really good here in Southern California, and I know a lot of people do that exclusively. Well, there's a lake down in San Diego. It's, it's part of the San Diego City Lake System. It's called Lake Barrett. It's in very southern part of San Diego County, so it's a little ways away from us, but they are going to open up for fishing on May the 1st. Now, this is the only lake in California that has the pure Florida strain of bass in it. They were planted several years ago. And the lake, it really limits its fishing to a short season, the number of people that go on it. And um, because of that, it's become a very prolific fishery. Well, I've got two friends of mine. They work in the uh, sports media, and they were able to get in on a, a pre-fishing uh, checkout of Lake Barrett here just last week. You know, they got to get in before everybody else does. Now, one thing I do want to say about Lake Barrett, it's strictly a catch-and-release lake, so that's one reason the fishing is so good, but you're not going to go there and, you know, bring home anything. Well, anyhow, my two friends that were down there, in one day, they did a catch-and-release of between 220 to 230 bass in that one day. 
said once they got over 200, they kind of let the count go a little bit, but it was, it was well over 200 and it was right in that range. Now, I challenge you to find anywhere in the whole country to find bass fishing like that. So um, if it's that good, man, I, I better start getting into it myself. So anyhow, that's kind of the wrap up of our freshwater fishing scene in Southern California now. We're seeing the transition between trout fishing, going to the bass fishing, and the uh, catfish fishing will soon follow that. Out on the um, saltwater scene, we've seen a real big change just this last week too. The offshore fishing for yellowtail literally exploded just this last week off the uh, San Diego coastline. The uh, three-quarter day fishing boats have been the ones that did real well on these trips. You're not going to get them on half-day fishing trips, but the three-quarter day trips, they're the ones that leave at five in the morning, generally get back about five in the evening. So they call it three-quarter day, but you're getting in a lot of fishing. They're able to push the boundaries a little bit and get a little bit farther offshore. But this last week, they had wide open limit fishing on virtually every boat that went out there. Full limits for everybody. They're, the bulk of the fish are maybe like a, a eight to 12 pound range. Some of them are bigger. There are a lot of the little three to five pound fish. And if you ever catch a five pound or smaller yellowtail, you know, throw it back in, let it get bigger. You're not gonna get that much meat off it and there's plenty more big ones out there. So that is the good thing to report on the saltwater scene is that we've had such a change and they're just really whacking them on the, on the yellowtail out there. Also in the same zone, just off San Diego in the Nine Mile Bank area, there are large schools of bluefin tuna going off out there. Now bluefin tuna, they're known for being a very finicky, touchy fish. It takes a lot of finesse to catch them. But once you hook on to them, you're getting some of the best eating tuna out there and some real bruisers as far as their fighting fish. The fish that have been caught have been mostly in the 30 pound range. However, there were two fish caught just this last week. Both of them were over 100 pounds each. So you never know when a big bruiser like that's gonna come through. So I have to say, this is a real change from all my previous fishing reports. Things are changing, things are improving for the better, and we've certainly got a lot of really good opportunities for us out there right now on fishing. Well, everybody, for tonight's show, I'd like to change gears a little bit. You might want to call this the Fishing Medic Show here tonight. So, um, you know, in the last month, I went to a couple of the really big outdoor shows here in Southern California. I really enjoyed seeing everybody there, seeing all the different products, seminars, learning a lot, buying way too much stuff and everything. But I noticed when I get around fishermen, my fishing buddies, and talking to people in general, well, you probably noticed, like, I like to talk a lot about fishing, and so do the other guys. And most of that talk, it kind of develops into a, you know, a guy talk. You know, my fish was bigger than yours. Well, this one, I had to fight it for an hour. Well, mine, I had to fight it for an hour and a half, and blah, blah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a guy thing that we all do. Well, not all that bragging is about fish. You know, us guys, ever since we were little kids, it seems like we always like to show off our battle scars. You know, there were the skin knees, cuts, bruises, bumps on our head. You know, that was kind of a badge of honor. And I think of how often uh, I came into my mother and you did what? Well, the same thing happens with fishermen. You know, we get out there and we like to talk about maybe some of our battle scars that we've had out there fishing. 
Remember in the movie Jaws, I just really loved that one scene where they were on the boat. It was uh, Richard Dreyfuss, Dreyfuss, Robert Shaw, Roy, Roy Schneider, and they were all in there kind of talking about all the things that they went through fishing. And Well, that was just the way us guys carry on. You know, mine was bigger. Well, all that I went through and Robert Shaw went into that about when his boat sunk and all the guys getting bit, eaten by sharks. Well, that goes on in fishing too. I noticed a lot of those stories I got at those outdoor shows was the battle scars you get in fishing. Things about, well, geez, I got this big hook in my hand. Well, you got a hook in your hand. I got a gaff in my leg. Well, I had this happen to me and geez, I tripped over the anchor when I was going to get a beer and I fell down and hurt my leg. Well, you know, if us guys think about it, maybe that's one reason why women live longer. A lot of these accidents are really our own fault and they can be avoided. When you think about fishing, this is a sport where we're around a lot of sharp things. We're around sharp hooks, we're around knives, slippery decks, things that have sharp points on them, we're on boats that rock. You know, we're in position where a lot of things can happen to us, so we've really got to be careful out there. Now, when I go out, especially when I'm out on a boat, I like to take the basics with me. Those basics mean, well, I want to wear a good hat for sun protection, sunscreen, good sunglasses, plenty of water. You know, the basics there, but there's a lot of other things that you need to take with you. You've got to know that the difference of what you can do to fix yourself of an injury or something like that, or when it's time to go in and maybe go to the hospital. I remember one time I was out on a fishing boat, there were two doctors aboard the boat, and a couple of other people, and this one guy, he got a cut on his hand. Well, those doctors, they just went into their uh, doctor mode, I guess, and they started discussing back and forth, we should do this, we should do that. The guy was still bleeding, and you know, I went up to the guy and he said, hey, why don't we just hold your hand up high, put a little pressure on it, and a Band-Aid. Well, we did that, and those doctors were still talking back and forth, and um, geez, we cured the guy real quick. So you got to know what to do at, at the time and take action on it. Now, the biggest thing about when you're out fishing and you get a cut or a puncture or anything like that, you want to clean these out because there's a lot of things that can cause infection out there. One thing that really gets me is when a guy gets a bad cut on his hand, then he'll turn right around and uh, stick his hand into a bait tank or maybe clean a fish and getting a lot of things in that wound that he probably doesn't want to have in there. So I find that um, there are some things you could do to keep those cuts cleaned to avoid infection. Probably the best option you have is if you're out on the ocean, use lots of salt water. That's really a good cleansing thing to you, you can use on your cuts. Another thing you can do if you're on fresh water, you know, beer or hard liquor, which you got to watch out on a boat if you have those, but they do have alcohol and they will clean out a cut. Another thing I like to take in my tackle box is I take one of those small containers, maybe a four ounce container of mouthwash. You know, mouthwash has alcohol in it too, and it's really good for cleaning out those cuts that you may have out there. Another benefit of uh, mouthwash you're out there all day long, you know, eating beef jerky, maybe um, some cheese and some chips and drowning it, downing it with some beer, you know, that mouthwash comes in a little handy before you get home and you see your, uh, your wife or your girlfriend too. So think about those um, things you can have out there to uh, take care of your cuts or whatever you might get. 
Another trick I learned out there when I was on a sport fishing boat is that if you have fresh water, just a small amount of bleach in there will also do a lot to cleanse out and keep those cuts clean. Another trick that I learned, now these are all the things to, to do if you have to improvise with, a, with an injury. Now this works good, especially if you get stuck with a fish spine, especially if you get stuck with a, a sculpin, which does have poison in the spine. If this happens to you and you got a galley on board the, the boat, try some meat tenderizer. This meat tenderizer will actually break down the proteins of the venom that's in there and helps draw the protein out. So meat tenderizer, some salt water cleaning out, you know, little bleach in water, little liquor, rum, mouthwash, any of that, but get your cuts cleaned up so you don't end up with a lot worse infection. Another thing I found that works is baking soda. If you mix that up with salt and a little bit of water, that will go into a paste that is really good for any of your cuts and bruises. Another one that works good is white wine vinegar with salt water. That's another good cleansing agent. Now, a lot of these aren't just specific to fishing at all. Anything you do in the outdoors, especially you're into hunting or anything where you might get those abrasions, keep these things in mind because you don't want a simple cut to turn into something a whole lot worse and ruin any fishing or other outdoor time that you may have. Now, when it comes to getting sick, there's one thing that some of us experience. It's different than the cuts and abrasions and bruises and everything. I want to talk a little bit about being seasick. Now, if you don't get seasick, consider yourself lucky. Because if you've never had the pleasure of experiencing this, just think about having the worst headache, upset stomach, the flu, a cold, mix all that together, and that's a little bit of what seasickness feels like. Now, seasickness, it's, it's when your eyes are deceiving your body and sending the wrong message to your brain. It all has to do with your inner ear, too. What is happening is that you're sensing movement that your eyes don't see, so it can really mess you up. Now, there are a lot of products out there you can use, um, Dramamine, Scopace, a lot of different drugs. Some of these do have side effects, so you may want to talk to your doctor before taking some of these. Another cure for seasickness is that you have these wristbands that work. I've got some. They're battery-powered, and they look like a wristwatch, but what you do, you wear it with the, the wristwatch side of it against the, the underside of your wrist, right in between, there's two tendons there, and you turn these on, and they give like a vibration and a very mild shock. I mean, it won't stain your hair up or anything. You can dial it up as strong as you need to, but I've seen people who are seasick, they put these wristbands on, turn it up, get this mild stimulation into their wrist. They were sick as can be. They put on this wristband, and a half hour later, you see them up there fishing. It doesn't work on everybody, but it's something, if, if it does work, it can really save your day. There's a few other cures out there or things you can do that can help alleviate seasickness. One thing is just chewing gum seems to help a lot. Also, ginger seems to be a real good help for seasickness. Whether you take it in the form of ginger ale, ginger candy, or ginger tea, they all seem to help with seasickness. Another thing you really want to do is just get out in fresh air. If, you got, if you're on a bigger boat and you get seasick, the worst place in the whole world for you to be is down below the deck, in your bed, or laying down. 
that will only make the seasickness a whole lot worse. What's best is just get out in some fresh air, look at the horizon, and just get a lot of that fresh air in your face. Another thing you want to do is avoid reading or staring at something. So just keep all those things in mind. Hopefully you don't get the seasickness, but if you do, these are some ways to um, hopefully lessen it. One thing you really want to think about on seasickness too, if you're on a larger boat, or well, actually any boat, you want to be safe. Now, when you're seasick, you're going to be feeling pretty lousy, to say the least, and you might get a little bit disoriented, maybe not walking real straight or very good on your feet, and you're going to be um, losing your stomach, and they'll want you to do it over the side. Well, be safe when this happens. Have somebody with you. It was, well, it was actually quite a few years back. I remember there was the outdoor writer for the news, one of the large newspapers here in Southern California. He went on a sport fishing boat out of Morro Bay. Now, Morro Bay is noted for being extremely rough when you go out there. Well, the boat left at night, and as soon as they left the bay there, this sports writer got seasick, and everybody knew it. Well, he laid down in bed, which wasn't the right thing to do. Well, Everybody knew he was seasick, and then during the night, somebody saw him get up. He was getting sick, so he went out to go over to do it over the side. Well, nobody went out there with him, and he was never seen again. He fell over the side. So just always think about this safety if, if and when the seasickness happens. So have somebody with you, but believe me, I hope for you that this never happens to you, but, you know, check out some of the drugs you can take to avoid it. And if it does happen, remember these tips I just gave you on getting better and getting out of it. So anyhow, those are the uh, two main things that can happen to you while you're out fishing. You know, your cuts, you know, hooks, gaffs, whatever, something like that, or your seasickness. Hope it doesn't happen to you, but if it does, I hope that my tips here have helped you. Well, everybody, I'd like to go into my fishing and boating tip for the show. I'm going to combine these two together because it all goes together in one event that's happening. This Sunday, April 9th, the city of San Diego puts on the annual, this will be the 39th year in a row, they call it Day at the Docks. It's down at the Sport Fishing Landings in San Diego on Point Loma. What this is, it's, it's the kickoff for the sport fishing season out of San Diego, and I like to look at it as a real festival of sport fishing. It's a lot of fun, and it's, it's a real family event, too. It's not just a guy thing. The whole day is full there. There's a lot of, um, well, a lot of family things to do. The real fun thing is that they set up a fishing pond in the salt water, and it's kids fishing. They put a lot of, you know, mackerel in there and all, and I can guarantee you any little kid is going to catch a fish there. The day is full of uh, fishing seminars. There's cooking seminars, which I really enjoy. There's a whole lot of things you can buy there, too. And um, so one thing is, at the seminars, you can really learn a lot from the sport fishing captains there on a variety of topics. So that's good from the fishing end of it. The boating end of it, the boat tip part of it, is this is also an open house. All the boats that are in port, they will all have an open door where you can go on these boats and if you've ever thought about fishing out of San Diego, this is a good way to get on these boats, see what they're like. You can see the galley, you can go down there in the uh, the accommodations, in the cabins, and um, it's a good way to see if this is for you. 
Uh, also, they're offering, well, for th- uh, $3 boat rides around San Diego Bay. You can't do a boat ride at a commercial operator that cheap. So it's, it's just a really fun day for the whole family down there on Shelter Island. And it's a good way to learn a lot about the fishing tips and to learn a lot about the boats that operate out of San Diego. Well, everybody, it's time to move into the recipe time for the show. Okay, this is one of my favorite recipes, and this one is so simple, I sometimes I wonder why I don't use it even more. So it's so simple and quick, and you can use it in a pinch when you don't have much preparation time. I like using this uh, recipe mainly on yellowtail, but I've also used it on cod and halibut. It works out real well. What this is, it's a jalapeno jelly glaze that you put on these fish. First, I like to get my fish, usually the yellowtail, just a light seasoning on it. I really like garlic pepper myself, but you can use salt and pepper. I always like going a little light on the salt, but just season it to your taste. And then you can either grill the fish or what I usually do is I just saute it in a frying pan in olive oil. Now, you want to go ahead and cook your fish, but before that, what you're going to use for a glaze is I like to get jalapeno jelly. You can find it in most supermarkets. I like to use maybe about three or four ounces of the jalapeno jelly. I sprinkle a little bit of garlic in there, maybe a couple teaspoons of Dijon mustard, maybe a teaspoon of olive oil just to give it a little bit of, um, thin it out a little bit, and then two teaspoons of either rice or white wine vinegar. Now mix all these ingredients together in a saucepan, then put it over a low heat and stir it just enough to blend it all a little bit. You can shut off the heat and keep it right there handy, ready to go. Because once your fish is done either in the olive oil saute or on the grill, and remember, don't overcook your fish, what you want to do just before serving it is get this jalapeno jelly glaze and baste your fish on both sides and cook it just a little bit longer, just to give it that nice glazed look to it. It's ready to serve up that way. I like it with some avocados, sliced tomatoes, maybe a little pasta on the side. And this is one of my favorite dishes. Well, everybody, I've enjoyed bringing today's show to you. I know it wasn't the most pleasant of subject, things about getting hurt on a boat and maybe getting seasick, but hopefully those cures will help you out a little bit. One thing I forgot to throw in about uh, the seasickness, too, is... You know, I've gone out on a lot of sport boats. I've seen a lot of different people go out on them over the years, and I've seen a lot of people get sick on these boats too sometimes. Well, one thing I want to throw in about seasickness, probably one of the major causes of so-called seasickness I've seen is guys that get a little too boozed up the night before, and then that morning they get on a boat, they get by the stern, and they smell that diesel fumes coming up, and that something about that combination of a hangover and diesel it will make you sick. So that's just another caution there. But hopefully uh, some of the, the remedies I gave you for both you know, your cuts and abrasions and also seasickness, that'll help you if it all ever happens to you out there. But when you get out there, just use your head about things and go out and have a good time. So I've enjoyed bringing this show to you. One thing I do want to throw in is I think I got a, a fishing trip to the Sierras in the works here. So I may... Uh, miss doing a show here for a week or two. If that happens, I'm sure we can put in one of my earlier shows on here, maybe about fishing equipment or cooking or caring for your fish that, you know, it's always good to review that too. So until my next show, I've enjoyed this. I hope you have too. And hope to meet each other out there on the water someday where we can, together, we can cast away.